Dear Sangha, before you listen to Sokazan's latest Dharma talk, I would like to take a few moments to let you know about Sokokoji's one and only fundraising campaign for 2021. Our plans are big. Over the next five years, we envision investing $500,000 to revitalize Sokokoji's properties so we can expand our offerings for people to deepen their spiritual practice and build social and educational programs to benefit all who find their way to our door. With your help and a generous matching offer from two of our long-time donors, we are going to burn the mortgage for our Karma House property by making the final payment of $72,000 on September the 1st. This is our immediate need. During the five years we have owned Karma House, we have recreated the North Avenue portion of the building by investing $100,000 to build out a yoga studio, bookstore, counseling offices, massage room, two ADA bathrooms, and a new roof. These are all ways we are endeavoring to make our monastery more financially sustainable by providing employment opportunities for monks and a place where local community members and practitioners from afar can train their minds and live sane, uplifted, healthy lives. Your generosity makes this possible. Please act now and donate to this campaign by visiting sokokoji.org forward slash donate and mention Karma House in your donation instructions. Our donor's match expires on August 31st, so please act with urgency. We are deeply grateful for each of you, and on behalf of the entire Sokokoji Sangha, thank you. Title of tonight's Dharma talk will take us in a few different directions, but it's, the title is It's Not About You. Protect ourselves or extend ourselves or do something about me, 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 and my stuff, my ideas, my wonderful stuff. I'm going to use a particular, I can use several examples, but I'm going to use a particular example. This can go lots of ways. So there's a particular example that one of the monks here has brought up about, uh, I'm going to say it as near as I can remember to his words about being out in the public, doing a particular job. And since he is required to have his head shaved and not wear a beard, because he's a, he's a a novice monk, that's a requirement as far as I'm concerned. Where does that come from? I said so. But being in the, out in the public, this person gets, doing his outside kind of work, gets uh, accused or maybe people say, I think this person is a, a Nazi or a skinhead or, or is it very easy to project onto someone who's looks like he does. So it's, it's a very interesting area because we don't want to go the other way and force something on people that they aren't ready to work with. But um, at the same time, we don't want to change our look so we don't flip, freak anybody out or offend anyone or look in, in such a way that they aren't going to be able to project anything onto us because we're so beige or we're so standard American white person. If you're a monk, if you're a Buddhist, if you're on the Mahayana path, if you are endeavoring to uh, practice the Bodhisattva vow to be with all things, to save all beings, to put others before yourself, simply put, if you're just even inspired to do that. You could be a little bit more creative about when things like this arise, rather than just, as this person did ask me how long it would be before they could let their hair grow out or grow a beard. So I, I didn't talk to uh, them uh, specifically. I don't really need to, because all kinds of things could come up there. Someone could, it could be that this person just thinks people are thinking that. They're thinking people are thinking about what they're thinking, and we don't know what the hell they're thinking. So so we're going to just make up stuff about what they're thinking, because we're basically paranoid. Any paranoia here? Paranoia is everywhere. Everywhere. It doesn't belong to anyone. There's no one who's paranoid. The paranoia, paranoia itself is the paranoia. 
can't get rid of paranoia. You don't need to. You don't need to get rid of anything. But you may need to relate to whatever arises in your mind stream or in the apparent mind stream of others in a skillful way. It's looking at you and accusing you of something. You, in, this, in this situation, uh, the person could say they're accusing you of being a, a Nazi or I think, I think what, what was it you said, a uh, military person? And I guess so bad. I, mean, I spent four years in the Marine Corps and I don't mind people accusing me of being a military person. What's your problem with it? Sure, Ron. I guess what concerns me is what I see on the news and the tensions that are arising in our culture and specifically seeing that more and more in Calvin County, just afraid that I'm going to get pulled into it. It's not about you. That's the title of the doc. Not about you. You're a monk. You've received and are observing a bow to be with all things. Start there. Work with that in a skillful way. It's called upaya. It's a fancy word, but in a skillful way. How do you do that? It's all kinds of ways. One of the ways I would suggest, as we've talked about before, when you were working with psychiatric patients, different skillful ways of working with people who are confused or insane or crazy. You can do it as long as you're working with that situation in a way that meets everything where it's at rather than where you think it's at or where they think it's at. Or maybe you need to make, meet it where they think it's at initially. So has somebody accused you? Has somebody said you're a Nazi? Um, what I'm receiving more and more is people just assuming that I'm military and less and less um, that I'm a Nazi or KKK, but that did come up recently. Somebody told me that actually said that this community was okay. And I gave you some ideas about what you could do with that with that particular person. Didn't I, did I not? No, it didn't. Well, I'll do it now then. So the person was someone who comes around here and begs, and the person is not, doesn't particularly have all of their, what's the technical word, marbles. And anyway, they're homeless, they're begging, they have no education, they're, they're, even their, their racial situation makes it very difficult for them, as you know. And so I said, you could, relate to that to change it to meet them where they're at meet them they're saying that they're saying something because they don't know what else to say because you just refuse to give them money is that correct uh, although we've given this person lots of money in the past so this particular time you didn't and they said you're kkk and rather than let that go you can actually use that you could say kkk i think you're i think you're close but it's actually rrr I don't know, I, I think I made up something was uh, rural, rough, and right-wingers. I mean, you could you could do that. And then what you're doing then is you're, this, these are the four karmas. You're actually magnetizing that person away from their position uh, into another position, albeit silly one. But they, they don't know that. But, but this person, we both know this person. This person would actually buy that. But what it does is it, dis it derails what they said. Silly. But the other situation if somebody accuses, accuses you of being, or says, uh, are you a skinhead or whatever may be the term, uh, you could change your attitude, change, ro rotate into the situation rather than get out of it and be defensive about it. You could, you could step into the situation and you could say, no, you know, a lot of people think that. I mean, pacify to start with, or magnetize to start with, before you let them know uh, the way in which they were mistaken, by including them with lots of people. I mean, it's just like I go into uh, Target, uh, I'm going to Target, but I did go into Target. I used to go into Lowe's, but when I went to Lowe's, but when I went into Lowe's, people would say, ah, karate. And I would say, no, Buddhist monk. 
and they say, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, I'm not. <laughs> and I'm saying people feel like they've offended you or something. But you can engage uh, that situation uh, rather than let your hair grow out and have a beard so you look like, uh, what, lumberjack? <laughs> It'll be easier on you with the people that are trying to save the trees, really? But you could say, no, a lot of people say, some people think that, but actually, no, I'm a, I'm a Buddhist monk. I'm just a smile. <laughs> it's not, and it doesn't have to be a, this fake smile. It can actually, you can actually smile at the person. You can enjoy that person. I mean, you really could. At the same time, you might be a little threatened by them, but that, that threat is probably going to subside quite a bit. So ma magnetize that person or pacify the situation if it gets rough. In other words, rather than run away or try to figure out some way where you won't trigger that. You're always going to trigger something. So rather than worry about triggers, what should you worry about? Be with all things. Meet all beings. Meet everything where it's at. You can't meet everything where it's at if you still haven't met yourself where you're at. You still have not looked at the deep, deep layers of fear and dread and paranoia in your own psyche, in your own mind stream. You're going to have to go there. How do you go there? That wall that looks like cottage cheese. Sit down wholesale. Watch the disparity. Watch the differentiation and desire that comes up and tries to get a hold of you and drag you down into that cave of demons to be a little flowery about it. I'm reminded of the time we, when you were in the psychiatric unit. Uh, we're trying to give somebody, check somebody's uh, blood sugar level. They're pretty much uh, out of their mind, but also not the technical description. They're, they're just difficult to work with. And you, based on working with the four karmas, which I think you uh, I can't remember exactly what happened. Did you do some kind of yoga postures or something? Martial arts. You did some martial arts postures. You're not even a martial artist, are you? Isn't that lying? Haven't you broken your precept? <laughs> yeah. So precepts are to be observed according to, according to uh, Kovacina Roshi, not obeyed. Big misunderstanding that's all over Buddhism. He eventually let me take his butcher. Yeah, because you kind of followed what he was, he kind of followed what your martial arts words move, and then in the midst of the whole thing, say, Oh, by the way, give me your blood sugar. And he just stuck his finger on. But before then, you were fighting with him. Yeah, he uh, really responds to physical posturing. Look at that. So that's that's a good example of meeting someone where they're at and being skillful about it so that you could use, you're actually using that person's confusion to fundamentally help them, help them. Not about you. How are you going to help fundamentally help somebody? If somebody, especially when somebody is relatively correct about something you've said or done, or they're coming at you and maybe accusing you, you have to meet them where they're at. But you don't have to insist on people accepting you, like uh, the situation of being in our house uh, out in the countryside on the deck and so on. And next door, there's a someone with a, a flag. Uh, don't need to give you too much of a description. That is a difficult flag to look at, and it is not the American flag. It's difficult to look at it because you know what kind of dynamic is happening in that person. So we were having some interviews on the deck, and in this tradition, the the person, if they're fully ordained, at least the way I teach it here, they do three prostrations, half prostrations, all the way down, touch their head, raise the feet of the Buddha three times before the the dokusan or the interview begins. So doing that out there during COVID in summer last year. And then I started to realize that that might not look too good from the point of view of people that are really against just about everybody, but 
white men, white people, might not look too good because too easy to project all kinds of things on that. So was that meeting everything where it's at or it was at? I don't know. I didn't want to take any chances because I had no idea what that that person not too far away was what they would impute or what they would put out of that. So I couldn't say no, no, we're Buddhist monks as we're being uh, I say projected on. So again, the word I use all the time, I'll use it as many times as I like. Situational. No set of standards. It's not that you don't have some standards or guidelines, but even in this monastery, they're very, very strong. You could say even say rigid, because we're not, we're not, we're not moving. What moves? The person that is in and observing that is what moves. We're not trying to get someone to fasten themselves to face the wall and don't move or we'll yell at you or hit you with a stick or no, you get to come in as a fully grown adult human with your own intelligence. And you decide if you want to get up and do walking meditation. You decide. So in that case, I guess it is about you. you sit down, you're training your mind. When you're training your mind, it is about you. Just receive, just receive. And if, if you're sitting there and you feel like you need to go to the bathroom, you don't have to wait till we're gone, go to, go to the bathroom. And if your back is hurting, you don't have to muscle through. If your knee hurts, change your position. Body and mind are not two different things. They just look like it. That is such a convincing illusion that we treat them differently. We treat them instead of receiving that pain in our knee and actually moving our body. This is called Kriya. Simply put, just some kind of a movement. I'm not sure if that translates. She showed, does that translate out of Sanskrit to movement? Yeah. I have a thumbs up, which uh, say, how do you say thumbs up in, in Mandarin? Jen Zen. Huh? Jen Zen. Jen Zen? Okay. Jen Zen. Yohan said, Said Jensen, and so did Joyce. So I'm just trying to make sure we're mistakes. What was that? Not about you, thank you. But it's about how do you fundamentally help and be with others without making their situation worse or without making your situation apparently better but actually worse because you're buying into the insanity that has presented itself to you. That's difficult. It is extremely difficult. And that's why the world is full of uh, difficulty, chaos, war and peace. Those two create each other. Don't go to war, don't go to peace. Going to peace creates war. Don't do anything. Take no position. Hair's breadth deviation will fail to accord to the proper attunement, as it says in other kills online or some other sutra if I misquoted it. That doesn't mean that we want to disregard uh, things based on some kind of a standard or principle. Standards and the principles and the, the laws, the rules are necessary, but we need to look at them situationally. Some people can come in and sit a four hour block sit on a Thursday and not hardly move at all. Another person can't, they can't do it. Their whole body mind complex just won't allow that kind of training. That doesn't mean that the person who is sitting there uh, all stoic and everything without any movement is ahead of the other person. It just means they can sit still. That might even be extra. Might be because they've learned how to sleep uh, sitting upright. That was uh, Sohekiji Sama. Uh, was uh, my son, a friend of my son, Mason uh, Takudo in uh, Japan. This uh, is about 30 years ago. Said that he learned how to sit and the Heiji wasn't 
So Hecate learned how to just set through Zazen sound asleep. Never forgot that. So we never know by look by appearances, we never know what's fundamentally happening happening there. Have some questions about this would be good. Go ahead. Show bowing. Um, to use the example from earlier, you were suggesting working with the situation skillfully, like as opposed to um, growing hair out or growing the beard out. Is that to say that to grow the hair out or beard out in that situation would be an unskillful way of working with it? Not necessarily. No. Well, the situation is you're, you're in, I'm talking about is the person is, I don't know what's happened with Shoka, but it's maybe some kind of a challenge or somebody, somebody in a crowd of people is saying that to you, then you could, you could, you could step into it and say, well, a lot of people are saying, and you could, you could enrich that situation with your comment and take it further into it. You enrich it because by enriching it, then you're in a situation of being, you could call it control, but not exactly control, but it's a participation that, that is not, uh, not like warfare. So it's a participation. And that way you engage or magnetize the, the person's mind stream, even if they're crazy, but momentarily they're, they're engaged and then you can work with them skillfully. But the, growing the hair, out or shaving, it's just that was his particular dynamic. He just, when can I do that? Saying, never. But not for the time being. This is a new monastery. And you've only been a monk for what, four years? You don't know? A couple, you think? Go ahead. Shogabine, when using the example of the four karmas, how can you see what is appropriate situationally working with the, the world outside of the community? Shogabine, I guess the most difficult one is just being told that we're involved in the KKK. Um, that the gentleman on the parking lot. Well, as I said, that particular person, I know that person very well. I've given him one. Uh, we've even tried to get him to do work for us. They, it's not nothing against him. We have to meet everyone where they're at. And if he's saying that, then there's a possibility he can repeat that to others. So all I was saying is if you were to enter into that, is just derail this KKK idea and move it into something else. And knowing him, I know him. You do too. We've interacted with him several times, trying to understand how we could fundamentally help him without just doing everything he tells us to do, like give me all your money. So, so just enter into that in somewhat conversationally, so you can, so you can uh, disrupt or derail that comment instead of fighting that comment, which makes it stronger. Anything you fight gets stronger, at least situationally or temporarily. But if you don't do anything for something, then it's it's on its own. It has to have its own energy to fight. That's why I say don't go to war with war. Just watch the war, even if it's in your own mind stream. Don't fight anything. <clears throat> don't get rid of anything. Don't object to anything. Don't agree with anything. Don't ignore anything. That's how it's done. At least that's how it works here. Sure, bye. I think in my particular situation, assume that I'm military or Nazi or KKK, other kind of less intense things or the kind of controlling or um, militants or. So can you give me some examples? Are you dead? You have actually specific situations where people think you're controlling or. Is this somebody in the Sangha here? That probably could be a problem. Come on, cough it up. Well, recently I was in a, a difficult, I was in a bad mood, and uh, she said that I looked like I was really menacing. 
June's view, that person right behind you there, said that you were very menacing. And you took that as a compliment. <laughs> You're a very triangular, masculine, handsome. I would even mistake you for a movie star. You're so engaging. Menacing, but you could immediately say, maybe if you could get some bit parts, maybe you could talk to Ian Hirsch himself. He could get you into the movies or something. He looks pretty menacing too. Very menacing, but he's not. Nor are you. What is it that arises as an appearance in one person's situation where they may have received that more so than another person? How so? Um, like, I don't know as if, you know, we receive those same descriptions, someone telling her that she looks like she's a, a KKK or Nazi community. So. So it's so situational. It's like this is why sometimes uh, women in, in our community, who there's not many, but we've talked about women are fully ordained as monks. They're no different than males. Just that they're female and they're monks, but they don't they aren't required to shave their heads. If they want to, they could, but that looks because that's it, very easy for someone to project someone to project onto. You uh, that you're having some kind of a therapy or something. What is it called? Uh, it's cancer therapy. Or That's why I wouldn't require it, but I wouldn't prevent it. If you wanted to do that, but you would have to take on some of that. People would be think, well, why else would you have your head shaved? You're a woman, and you just wouldn't do that. It must be because you have. So there's so many ways that that how, just how you look triggers people's possibly unexamined prejudices and so on. It just happens constantly. So I'm not, I'm not sure, going back to Junchu, do you, do you hate Junchu? It's just some stuff you mean to you, it's just proof. I mean, it's just saying an observation. Junchu, do you, just a minute, Katie. Junchu, could you say something about that since we're we have you here as a state's witness. I don't remember much about it. Remember the menacing, though. Maybe. You can see, look, this is just some kind of comment that she made. You look menacing. And yet you, because you're not accusing you of anything, but you, you're very, very uh, sensitive. What sensitive? Very, very sensitive to any commentary or anything about you. And this this is a very, a very a, a form of narcissism that you're working with and you have been since you became a monk. Just believing your own thought patterns. That that's powerful. You don't have to get rid of the thoughts. You don't have to stop thinking. Yeah. But if you believe everything that arises in your mind stream, it's very difficult. That's why you decided you want to be a monk, because you early on, if I may say so. Had a lot of difficulty with that mind stream, as I recall, from talking about it. So you need to find a way to train this. So that's why you're here. That's what we're doing. That doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight. So it was, Juju was the kind of the trigger for it, and probably just a commentary that she just happened to saw, see a look on your face. And, and actually, uh, if you were to go into her uh, intention behind it, if you could find one, because she can't even remember it, is it was just to be, Make a wisecrack or you know, just a cute remark, you know, not so cute to you because you're so damn sensitive. <laughs> What's what it, what do they say to people who are so damn sensitive? Oh, get a sense of humor. Where do you get one of those? It's already the case. Just stop covering it up with seriousness. Go ahead, Katie. Katie Bowling. So when it comes to People having an impression on parents because of my military experience. I have military bearing, it's something I can't get rid of. I experienced a lot of, at very least, verbal abuse 
because of it, people reject me on site just because I look the way I do. I'll lower that. Don't worry about it. I mean, I really mean it, the way you're expressing it. When I say don't worry about it, I know you can't stop worrying about it, but you might want to consider what I just said. Train your mind to see clearly, because you, you're not going to be able to change the world. You can't even change this, but you can stop fighting with it. So sit down, face the wall, which is what you're doing. More? Maybe probably. It happens a lot in situations that I can't avoid. It's not up to me to avoid it affects my career, it affects other situations. So what is it's your question? Nice. This is this is called samsara. This is what the Buddha said. Life is suffering. He didn't say life is a heaven or wrong. It's difficult, and that's why you're here. To train your mind to deal with that kind of thing. Most of the people that are treating you this way have no mind training. Those are the people you're going to need to save as a bodhisattva. If you're on this path, whether you've received vows or not. That's that's this is a Mahayana path, putting others before ourselves. Go ahead. One more question. One more. How do I how do I change in a way to stop it from happening? You can't stop it from happening. You can't stop what's happening out there, and you can't stop your reaction to it in here. What can you do? Be aware of it. It's an awareness path, not a conquering materialistic get better path. Can't get better here. Look closely. I'm not saying that by meditating that you won't begin to feel better in some way or deal with your negativity uh, more skillfully, shall we say, or deal with that of others. But you can't you can't change that. It's it's dependently risen. The powers, the amount of force behind any action behind this one right here, when I pick this up, is untraceable. You can't find it. That's why it is said in the teachings, all dharmas, all, anything, any, everything is without blame. You can't find the first cause for anything. Of course, that doesn't work in the court system because they've got to have control, have power. They have to stop the bad guys and, and uh, make the so-called good guys rich, whatever you want to say. That's why those the, the mundane path sometimes looks pretty good, but also sometimes looks horrible. And that's what you're involved in. That's why you're here in a monastery training. You can do it. Keep going. You're a young woman. Keep going. Yes. What is the sense of humor in the midst of seriousness? Space. A seriousness is clamping down on something that's wrong, or something is being abused, or you're being put upon, or any kind of positionality involving. Uh, weaponry, your thought patterns is going to talk about anytime, anything to show that. Go ahead. Show the box. So how do you move from that? How do you fuck, see space in the weaponization? Look at the weapons. You have to watch what moves in order to see the space in which it moves. The space in which it moves is doing nothing. And that's the nature of your mind. The fundamental nature of your mind is like space. It isn't space, it's like space. So watch what moves. Eventually, if you don't push on it, watch what moves. If you don't push on it, watch what moves. And if you don't shut down, ignore it, or look away, or distract yourself, you will eventually see the spatial spaciousness within which phenomena arise in your mind stream and even in your life stream at some point. Just observe. Be with all things. How do you do that? You watch all things, starting with your own thought patterns. Oh no. What do we? Yes. How can we see the invitation to be with all things? Um, how can we see the invitation? I'm not sure. What is it you want to know? More straightforward question than that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, seeing and feeling the space is the way to be friends with ourselves. Baling. It's it's been talked about that way by uh I'm also wondering 
whether there are some similarities and differences among not yours, it's not yours, be friends with yourself, and don't take it personal. I'm, I'm not following what you're asking, uh, Young. Can you let me know what it is you want to know? Simply. I want to know whether there's a difference among the three things. One is it's not yours. The second is don't take it personal. The third is be friends with yourself. Bowing. What was the first one again? It's not yours, Bowing. Uh, I don't know, that's pretty confusing. Those have different facets to it. And if I enter into that, then I start to get a headache because I, I really don't think about it. I say I receive it. So you can just receive those three concepts about the nature of what is happening in the mind stream. It's not yours. And what was the other two? The reason I ask because I feel very confused about one I receive and how I receive and one I have to or I need to destroy. I can help you. I can help you. Don't necessarily go into the differentiation there and try to figure it out. Just receive the actual confusion. The confusion is the truth of those three things. The confusion itself is it. So you're already receiving the confusion. But what happens is you you feel, and I'm not trying to think do your thinking for you, but you feel that the confusion uh, is uh, somehow has to be fixed or corrected. This battery running down, so you somehow feel the confusion has to be corrected, or you have to do something about it. What I'm saying is just re receive the confusion. This is how you make friends with yourself. Receive the confusion. This is how you realize that it's not about you. That, Whatever's arising, just receive, just receive. It's difficult to do that. More, Yun? Yihong bowing. Yes. So when 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 you say just receive, yes, it's really hard to receive. I know that's um, that's my practice. However, when I remind myself there's no personhood, also that shut down the way that how I fully be in that situation so, is just very hard. Bowing. So receiving, just receive is just an attitude to have when you're when you're meditating. That may show up uh, in your post meditation, it may not. And then there's no personhood uh, that might be more likely to show up in your post meditation uh, because it is such a conceptual idea about the self or about some self that there's no solid being anywhere. So those, I would rather than try to smush those together, I would just let them show up uh, however they do and then contemplate them. Or you could write them out on a, on an index card, it's three different cards and go through them and, and use them as, as kind of your own reminders. If those three are showing up, use those as reminders to uh, investigate, look at those situations that are is being pointed at by those concepts. Uh, just receive is, as I've said many times, to sit down, hold still, and just take on the attitude of just receiving is, is seeing how, how much you can't do that, how much you're not, you're pushing, you're thinking about this, you're, you're commenting on this emotion or this feeling. You don't like how this is, you don't like sitting here, you don't like being here, you don't like however it may show up. So a lot of the practice is noticing all the negativity there and not doing anything with that, not getting rid of the negativity, not blaming anything for the negativity and not ignoring. And in this way, the mind begins to clear itself rather than somebody's coming in and clearing the mind through some kind of fancy tantric techniques. Not that that can't be done also, but we're not talking about that here. Saying sit down, you have everything you need sit down, you have a body, mind complex, and you're free and well-favored. You're free to come to this kind of a meeting or gathering, and you're well-favored, and you're, you're, you're not so clogged with opinions, beliefs, ideas, or dogma of some sort that it stops you from even considering this. So you're, you're well-favored. So what can you do? You can listen to the words of this particular teacher or any teacher. 
they're a true teacher, you can listen to that and you can, and you can apply it or use it as, as it shows up in your own life stream, your mind stream, your practice. When you get up in the morning and decide that you're going to sit for an hour, just, just receive, just receive what arises there rather than comment. On it. And so when you notice that you comment on, on it anyway, then that gives you the opportunity to receive that. And so it's a little bit of a staging happens there by having that attitude be primary, then what shows up anyway, what I'm saying to you, that is dependently arisen. Of course, everything is, but this is, this shows you how the dependent origination actually works in the mind, mind stream. You actually have a thought that you did not think. And so that's leading you closer and closer to thoughts that really have no thinker. There's no one, there's no character there that's thinking anything. This is where this the personhood thing comes from. So just continue to continue to work with it, continue to look at it, continue to receive, continue to receive, no matter what. No matter, no, it doesn't need a credential. It's moving, receive it. It shows up, receive it. No, no, uh, no, uh, no commentary, no elaboration on anything that's happening. No, no, explana no explanation at all. Just like the, the earlier we were talking about uh, any kind of movement in the mind or in the body, it's taught differently in different places. But the way I teach it is if you're sitting and meditating, you have to get go to the bathroom, you get up and go. You don't wait for a bell to ring as they do in some places. And that sounds uh, like I'm irritated with that. I am because I did it for 35 years. I did what I was told. I think that's misunderstanding. You should pay attention to your body and you should not have some kind of exterior form. I'm not against yoga or anything like that. I think those are very valuable practices. But just watch what moves. Kriyas, yeah, the spontaneous movements of the, of, of the body uh, in relationship to what's happening in the mind, even though it's not conscious. I don't even know that's happening. Further questions? I have one more question. Go ahead, please. To hear uh, the phrase, it's not yours, I feel better. Is that an ego? Doesn't matter. Ego's unreal. So eventually, when you attain uh, enlightenment, when you realize your true nature, which I think you will, can't predict anything, but you seem to be pretty determined to me since I met you. You realize your true nature uh, won't make any difference because the self is unreal. It doesn't mean it doesn't show up. It gets invitations to every party now that it doesn't even exist. So it's going to be all over the darn place. It's unreal. It's, uh, it's, uh, but it still has a quality and a force. But you're not particularly disturbed about it by that anymore because you understand its nature is empty of your opinions, ideas, conclusion about it. Thank you. Bye. What is a situation if everything is perception only? What is a situation? So you want to know how can I relate to a situation and not my ideas about it? Look at the situation, whatever it is. People are playing basketball uh, in a handball court. Doesn't work. There's no hoop. So you can have all kinds of ideas about that. All kinds of what? What? All kinds of things and watch those uh, watch those move just watch the movement that's how you relate to it how can i relate to that one whatever you said just watch it that's how you relate to it no it's all about intention it's not about a goal i'm not saying you don't have goals of course we have goals but that's all that's a very situation sometimes you need to have some kind of a destination if you're going to park the car in the garage you need to know where the garage is at you need to know how to drive 
uh, your Mercedes. You have to drive a Mercedes, right? Drive in the, in, the, in the garage. But when something's happening, some situation is happening, just, uh, pardon me, just, just watch the way we keep sticking things onto it in order to, because we can't perceive it just as it is. Like, we don't know what it is. This is quite a bit more interesting and actually has more humor to it. Instead, we want to go to war with things, not you. People in general want to, if they have any kind of unexamined or unacknowledged or suppressed warfare in their mind stream, in their, their Ali Vijnana, or however you want to say it, their storehouse consciousness, then, then when something comes out here and triggers it, and suddenly this intense emotion comes out, uh, out of nowhere, even though it's the old mountain out of a molehill thing, it's not really that bad of a thing happening. But our uh, disturbance that's creating is like it's that that caused it. So as I've said in centuries past, nobody poured a bucket full of negative feelings into you. They're your feelings, and not you, not your feelings as a separate individual, but as a uh, the body mind construct with what what is referred to as uh, eight consciousnesses and the uh, the. Uh, Plasmas and so on. Some way of describing how human consciousness works, but, but there's no solid, no solid self or being. If you see that, you just there's no more war. War. It doesn't mean that you're don't get irritated with a neighbor. But there's no no extreme opposition or agreement with anything. How can I tell my lamination from what's actually showing up? By, by observing. Everything that's showing up is probably laminated with, with your idea about it. But take some time. And you don't have to get rid of it. You don't have to change it. You just have to see that you do that. You see that you do that, then, then eventually you see that there's a, a personhood that is that keeps taking responsibility for what is being seen or, or agreed upon or uh, disagreed with or ignored or some kind of somebody is holds that view. So what is actually happening is the boundary isn't. But then there's the, the commentary that comes from that's where duality comes from. There's a commentary on what's occurred. There's a subject subject that uh, comments on the object. Just observe. Do choose. Couple of questions from Christopher Smith. The first, isn't it about you? That's a really challenging question, Christopher. I'm going to have to say no. This next question I see it as not being about myself, but I focus on you and I feel it. Can you speak on this? Um, no. Question from Tom McCauley. Is it possible to do something like shikantaza in daily life? Not accepting, not rejecting, and not turning from things feels easier when out and about. Can this help if added to our shikantaza practice? That's, that's situational also, uh, perhaps some of that. But I wouldn't make a program. Uh, the way I, I understand it, sit down, train your mind by holding very still, so you just see the movement of the mind stream, and the body is uh, uh, fairly still and silent. That way, through contrast, we see more, uh, have more of a of an ability to see the subtle movement of the mind. It takes quite a while, but when we get up and move around, uh, then then all that subtlety is gone, and then we're locked into our perceptions of this and that, and up and down, back and forth. I'm not saying that that kind of understanding won't, won't show up in your everyday life, but not probably not until you've transcended your belief in the perfect personal identity. As long as you think there's someone there that's going to get better, someone that's going to get worse, someone that's going to die, if that's there, then you're going to be, uh, you're going to be tied into all of the other shenanigans that are going on, all the other belief systems, all of the other right, wrong, right, 
she's right, they're right. No, they're not. They were they they look it seemed like they're right, but then this showed up and changed the whole thing. It's just an endless, that's why they call it samsara. So it's circular. Thoughts are circular. If you believe them, they then the circle aspect uh, tends to die down uh, and all you see is the linear quality of that's wrong. Or who me? Or why are they doing linear rather than seeing that anything that shows up as a linear rather uh, rotates, goes in circles. Jason Rowling. Jason. Well, first I wanted to ask you, how's your back doing? Uh, it seems to be much better. I had about eight days of horrible stuff uh, all night long in some cases, and uh, it just started to, you know, slink away into the darkness. So I don't know if it's coming back, but I have all the fingers I have are crossed, and uh, I hope not. So I don't hope for much, but that's something I'm looking for. Nothing lasts. Thank you. It's good to be reminded. Thank you. Um, and thank you for sharing. Um, my Dharma question is, what exactly is it when we're talking about it's not about you, bowing? Whatever the situation is that's rising, it, it's that the, the thought, the, the feeling, the emotion, the, the conclusion, the exclusion, it's, it's not about you. It's just dependently risen. There is no you. That's what, that's what is being addressed here. And, and that's something that takes quite a bit of time or effort, you could say, or efforting or intention. Intend, intend, intend to see what this is. Intend to don't get your identity from your partner. And don't get it from your, um, from your community or from your culture or from your given name or anything. Seems to be necessary in our lineage to have the a structure, the, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the teacher, what is being taught. Everything is dependently risen. Life is suffering because of the desire, the goal, and the path, and all the other provisional teachings of, of the Buddha. So to take refuge in the teacher, in the teaching, and in the community seems to be a, a powerful a context for, for someone to move, to use in their life to just fundamentally not always be looking for right and wrong, who's right and who's the best this and the best that, and trying to improve. This doesn't mean you shouldn't do exercises or learn to uh, how to uh, arrange flowers, uh, take a, a class in Ikebana. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do that. We're just saying the fundamental situation is to find out the, the identity, who you are, who you are fundamentally. Sir, when we're setting an intention like to see the truth, should it be really definite, like I will see the truth? Well, I don't think you want to say I will kind of see the truth. I think you kind of <laughs> sort of see the truth. Perhaps you'll see the truth. Maybe I'll see the truth. Why are all these people laughing? Shut up, on. I think it's going to be good. <laughs> the contrast that was showing up for me was that versus something like I want to see the truth. I'm just wondering if the intention should be more like. I know. I think there again, I think it's up to you. But some kind of a this is what people do who have a daily practice where they recite the, the vow, recite the, the refuge vows and uh, the bodhisattva vows. It's just a way you can you can find another way of saying it that might be more in line with your how you understand it, but there's also classical ways of doing that that have been around for thousands of years. Further questions? Didn't you? I'm curious about the examples you were talking about at the beginning. Um, so, in the 
piece of women bumps. You don't require them to shave their heads because people could project onto them that they're going through cancer treatment or something. Mm -hmm. But when people are projecting onto Shoka, I don't understand the difference between. Well, one of the differences is uh, it's just my feeling about it. I don't want to do it. Uh, there are very few Buddhist monks who are female. It's not, I'm going to find it in Japan, they're none. So there's a cultural transition that needs to happen, and I don't want to push it too much. Although there are, I think, uh, at Plum Village, Thich Nhat Hans is uh, uh, monastics there who are women shave their heads. I don't know if it's mandatory. And I wouldn't stop someone if you wanted to do that. But, but I don't want to require it where it's with men. I, I require it. And with the example of uh, not wanting to have your students prostrate on the deck in front of your neighbors. Yeah. How is that different from not wanting to be projected onto because of? Well, I don't want them to come over and shoot us because the people over there across there are, are insane uh, considering what they have uh, displayed in their flagpole. And if they look over here and think that there's, there's uh, anything wrong with Muslims, but we're bowing. So I'm not saying that that uh, you can just be brave and just uh, you know do this in front of everybody. So it, it, it needs to be situational, so you don't go too far. It's a middle way, not too tight, not too loose. Don't don't walk away from the situation or cover it up with a beard and with, I think that's going too far. But the other direction is to go out and try to, try to be right in a situation where you're very susceptible to someone's wanting to kill people. Uh, there, uh, someone who follows and believes in somebody who promotes uh, January 6th. I don't want to get into so many politics, if any politics, political stuff, it's all obvious to everybody. We're all tired of it. You may have some different positions on vaccination or whether you want to be vaccinated or i mean it's tiring and it's tiring from you it's tiring from you from you from you it's tiring from all of us stop holding opinions instead of looking at what's there holding opinions the only thing i was trying to do there was uh just well we can it's easier we can just move this over here move it aside so that's what it's quite that's a big difference there's no real threat, particularly to uh, to Shoka. I'm not saying there's a song. There's threat to me, but there's going to be less to someone who's obviously a white man that you don't want to mess with. And if you were to see him, you would not mess with this guy, even though he's a what do they call him, pussy cats? No, wouldn't hurt anybody except a couple of people. But I'm just saying that's a very specific the reason I'm bringing it up is because I reflected on it, I thought about it, and I thought that there's no way they can see or even ask about it. They just see people doing something that looks very similar because a lot of religious uh, practices down through the centuries have involved prostration. As a, the Muslim, I'm not, I'm not talking about all the Muslim sects that running around with these huge chunks of metal that, that kill people. I'm talking about people who actually practice that, uh, that religious practice. They should be respected. They're not being, and so because of that promotion, so it's, yeah. So further questions, is that still confusing to you? No. Oh, good. I was going to say, if you can't see the difference in those. In other words, uh, is expendable. <laughs> okay. As I was talking, one of the other ones I remembered is when I was in Honduras, some of the Honduran people uh, considered me to be a Russian hitman, so they wouldn't talk to me. Because of the way you look. But didn't you have dreadlocks then? Yeah. Shaved head. I was, I was ordained. 
Oh, so they were obsessed when you went on vacation with your brother? My dad. Oh, you with your dad. Oh, same thing. <laughs> I thought you were a Russian dead man. I mean, you can't escape it. People are projecting everybody. You can't, you can't escape it. So, but the dangerous ones, I think we will back out of that rather than try to rub somebody's nose in their projection. So maybe can uh, maybe I'll take one on here on uh, on Zoom. There's, uh, Kevin, don't you have a question? I mean, you're all such a curious fellow. <laughs> Kevin Bowing, it's it's given me a lot to think of in my relative situation as somebody who is always dressed a little wildly uh, to create an effect. And now that I'm older, I still do that out of habit. And in my particular neighborhood in New York City, I've sometimes wondered if I oughtn't to tone it down or try to show up in some other way. I, I haven't because I'm lazy, but I wonder if you have any thoughts about that. Oh. Yeah, I would just stop being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I've always really admired your your choice of clothes and everything. Anytime we've been to New York, you looked really great. And so I, I don't know why, you know, other than, you know, well, there's obvious reasons why you, why you might want to not want to do that. But I don't know. I wouldn't do too much changing in that area. You feel... Uh, do you get picked on or you feel yelled at or? Uh, not, not really. One time that sticks out in my mind was I was going into my building and uh, somebody called me a derogative, derogatory F word name, but they, <laughs> but they were completely done up like Brendan Fraser from The Crow, so I was very confused. They <laughs> we were wearing way more makeup than I was. Uh, but I, I did have this is a little bit of a hypothetical question, but I hope so. But you know, now that uh, people are uh, coming out more as non binary, yeah. how might you? work with that in terms of uh shaving heads or appearances with within uh the the monk situation at the at sokokoji bowing i'm not sure exactly what you're asking me I mean, people can if you come here to be a monk it doesn't make any difference if you're uh, whatever kind of binary any any LGBTQ and all the other, anything else that's been added on since uh, uh, I last read about it or whatever, it doesn't make any difference. If you come here, you're going to dress like a monk and shave your head or else don't become a monk. Then you don't have to do any of that. Is that what you're asking or am I missing? missing Kevin, I, yes, but I suppose, you know, uh, per, per this conversation where uh, a male identifying student is required to shave their head and a female identifying student is not oh. if, if somebody who kind of didn't identify as either uh how might that show up i guess would it very simple. very simple i would just talk to them it would be very situational i would say what would you like to do if it was that situation, I would find out what they would like to do. And, I, and we would make, talk about the idea of shaving or tonsure, uh, which is shows up in other religions besides uh, Buddhism. And, uh, but I would just talk about least situational. If they really wanted to uh, shave their head, if they wanted to or didn't want to, uh, I would leave it leave it that way. But we need some kind of... of uh, not a standard, but some kind of a guideline. And so you don't want to be too far out on a limb. Some people in the West uh, tend, to get, tend to get so far out because they feel the teachings of the Buddha don't even need the Buddha anymore. Like uh, last time I heard about Dharma Field in uh, Minneapolis, uh, uh, Steve Hagen up there, who's a, a, a 
a disciple of uh, Kediguri Roshi, amongst many other people. Uh, at last I heard, I don't know, maybe maybe Gyume would, would know, but has a rock on his altar instead of a Buddha, you know, the, the rock. And I'm not particularly against that, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to get rid of the human part of that example of some person 2,500 years ago who dedicated their life to helping people through what they understood. I don't want to move that direction. Again, I, I say this again. I'm not. I'm not against what uh, Steve Hagen is doing. Or so. So it's very situational. Okay, we can. Dedicate to merit. Let's penetrate into all places so that we in every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Our Sangha families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and go live a life. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.